0: Hey everybody, it's Drags. It's Wednesday, August 28th, time for episode 313 of Patriot's Beat on the CLNS Media Network. Find us at clnsmedia.com and follow us, as always, on Twitter at Patriots CLNS. A quick shout out to Alex Barth and Evan Lazar for filling in for me last week as I was uh, away on assignment. That assignment being rest and vacation getting ready for the upcoming season. So thanks to those two reliable gentlemen, uh, gentlemen that I will be seeing this week at Gillette Stadium as we wrap up the preseason Patriots and Giants at Gillette Stadium. We'll have it all covered for you again on Twitter at Patriots CLNS. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel and uh visit our site, CLNSmedia.com. With all that out of the way. This week I welcome a new regular to the program in Ryan Spagnoli of SB Nation and patspulpit.com and the Top Patriots pod, that would be Patriot Nation podcast. You can and should find him on Twitter at Ryan underscore Spags, that's R-Y-A-N underscore S-P-A-G-S. How you doing Ryan?
1: I'm doing well, Trags. Thanks nah, nice for having me. It's kind of funny. Spags and Trags coming at you. <laughs>
0: yeah, it is. And uh, I like uh, the uh, simpatico that we have going there. And, yeah, uh, yeah. Certainly, uh, two Italians talking about uh, Rob Gronkowski. That's uh, our first subject we want to touch on. Uh, Gronk became emotional on Tuesday morning in New York when describing his decision to retire from the NFL in March I'm quoting him here, I want to be clear to my fans, I needed to recover, I was not in a good place, football was bringing me down and I didn't like it, I was losing that joy in my life. Those are words of a very emotional Rob Gronkowski and um, I got to tell you, uh, that leaves me uh, believing that while he admitted on uh, Tuesday that he wouldn't rule out coming back if he was physically and mentally in a better place. I still think he's staying retired. Yeah,
1: I do too. Um, You know, he, he did get emotional about it and it's kind of funny. uh, That's two players in, in, you know, a span of a couple of days that came out and said that just the football and the rehab and the pain really wore them down. And now with Gronk's partnership with, you know, that CBD company and all that right. and, and kind of him describing how it's helping him and, and someone as big as Gronk and as big as an audience as he has, um, you know, it, it'll, it makes you wonder if the NFL is going to start trending towards that, uh, you know, maybe a, a use towards it to like a legal limit or something like that.
0: What's interesting to me is physically he said he could play right now, but it's the mental aspect of the game that he's having a real struggle with. And to me, that's not surprising given the fact that, A, getting ready for 16 regular season games is tough enough. But when you throw training camp and the OTAs in there and the mandatory minicamp in many cases for these teams, it's just a lot.
1: It is. I mean, and especially a player like Gronk, who had, I think, three back surgeries throughout the course of his career. I know he missed his senior year because of one. You know the the ACL the the arm he just took such a beating over over that year over the years he played and I know he's only 29 but I mean if you sure if you if you feel his body you know look at his body and the way he's feeling you know he's got to feel like a 60 year old I I don't think physically he I know he said I, I could play but I mean we saw him in pain last year he kind of limbered to the finish finish line there obviously made the most important catch and play of that season but uh, you can. Tell he we, we saw the last of Gronk last season, and uh, you know, I'm happy he's doing well, though, Mike. I really am, and he sounded, you know, pretty open for the first time since he's retired. And uh, you know, it, it's uh, we're glad to see him doing well.
0: We are, and you know what, Ryan, the last and I tweeted this out on Tuesday. My lasting image of Gronk will be him in the locker room at in Atlanta after Super Bowl 53, and I remember the welt on his thigh. And I'm like, boy, yeah. that, doesn't, that does not look good. That does not look normal. And I, I looked at him and I said, Gronk, man, are you all right? And he looked at me and said, well, that's paint. That's the cost of playing football. I'm okay. But there was that smile that kind of belied what he was really feeling deep down, and that is misery and, and pain. And then we find out on Tuesday during this press conference in New York that he got like five or ten minutes of sleep that night. He was in bed crying because he was in such pain. And when you talk about a, a grown man like Rob Gronkowski and we look at him, six foot six, he's a beast. He's always been considered a beast uh, in the game of professional football. To see how injury can break down a man like that is is something else, and it's the image that I will always carry with Gronk. He was a warrior, he was truly you know somebody you, you would consider you know a battle scarred soldier of football, but there was a price to be paid,
1: yeah, I mean it's seen him get emotional too that's like the first time I think for me is seen him you know we see him as a big goofball and someone who likes to have fun. Uh, but that was the first time, you know, we saw him get emotional there and it, it kind of struck something there. Like, man, like this guy took a beating over the course of his career and, um, you know, is obviously paying the price now and, and, and gave us so many great memories. I mean, I, how, he has just the most insane highlight reel I've ever seen. Um, and, and it's, it's bittersweet that is, uh, you know, he ended with the Super Bowl and, and like I said at the beginning, I'm glad he's doing well and whatever he chooses to do. Obviously, we'll all respect it and, and you know support it as as fans.
0: Speaking with Ryan Spagnoli of SB Nation and PatsPulpit.com, dot com, he has a must listen to podcast, the Patriot Nation podcast on SB Nation. Be sure to. Tune to that. While baseball season is in full swing, placing a wager on baseball has never been easier with all of the best odds at betonline.ag. This week the Red Sox take on Mike Trout and the Angels at the Big A in Anaheim. Get in on the action now, but wait. Can you believe NFL preseason is already coming to an end and the regular season is right around the corner? To celebrate another season kickoff, betonline.ag and CLNS Media are giving you a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Head over to betonline.ag or use your mobile device to join us uh, Join today and use the promo code CLNS50 to receive your welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines this football season. Get into all the action with betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Please see betonline's general rules for additional terms and conditions. Back with Ryan Spagnoli of PatsPulpit.com and SB Nation, the podcast Patriot Nation. Podcast that is a must listen to on a regular basis. Um, It is interesting. We've been talking about Rob Gronkowski and uh, his decision uh, back in March to actually retire, but he kind of confirmed a lot of the suspicions that people had on Tuesday that he was uh, not only burned out mentally, but uh, you know, in terrible pain physically at the end of the uh, Super Bowl season last year, Super Bowl Fifty Three in contrast with andrew luck and look i have nothing against andrew luck the man played his years in the national football league six years or whatever it was and you know he battled with injuries and he too i think sounded that burnout alarm like you mentioned a couple of minutes ago ryan but the reception of the fans and everyone else around uh, the football world including a lot of people in sports media like you know, the reaction of Doug Gottlieb, people like Troy Aikman and Bo Jackson ripped him for criticizing Andrew Luck. What did you think of that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I thought it was just really disgusting. I mean, Andrew Luck uh, gave his, you know, blood, sweat and tears to the Colts, battled from, you know, a number of injuries, you know. Uh, I think Ryan Grigson's to blame with not getting him an offensive lineman. They had a franchise quarterback and you know, ultimately I think he had some great runs. I think if, you know, Tom Brady wasn't in his way, he may have a ring by now. Um and for people to, to kind of come out and, and really bash him and say things, uh, you know, boom, and, and like Doug said, it's the most millennial thing ever to, to be done rehabbing. I just think it's really, it's really, you know, mean and, and just very inconsiderate. Um, like I said, he was such a great player and a great talent and, and it's not anyone to judge but his. I mean, who, he, he, wants to be able to pick his kids up when he gets older. I mean, he just got married in the off season. Um, I think, like I said, like I said before, the, 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 negative behavior that went towards Andrew Luck was just, uh, really disgusting, honestly. Mike, I, I like, you know, uh, played, obviously played in college, not, not football hockey. And, uh, you know, I had a, I had a back surgery at, 18 years old we're you know like obviously saying this in in defense of Gronk and Locke you know I think half these people that that say these things don't understand the the, the you know the type of bumps and bruises these guys take I mean like I said I had a back surgery then it, I feel from it today these guys have Gronk's had three of them Andrew Lux had a you know a reconstructed shoulder it's just like they, they don't understand that you know the blood sweat and tears that go into it and how much it really you know takes a toll on their body and it should be up to them when they want to call it quits you know
0: I come down more on the side that it's his life and he makes a decision to that he can have a quality of life after the NFL. And that's really what Gronk is about. It's what Andrew Luck is about. And, you know, I think we leave it at that. Let's move on to uh, another big story that certainly – uh, dominating the Patriot headlines again. We're speaking with Ryan Spagnoli of Pat'sPulpit.com and also SB Nation. You need to tune into his Patriot Nation podcast on a regular basis. Uh, that's out every week. Is that correct, Ryan?
1: Yeah, once uh, once a week, every uh, every Friday morning we release a show. All right. Uh, and then Mark Schofield does the show a couple of days a week, as well as the Pats Pats Pulpit podcast, and they. Uh, they do a great job, all you know, all the, the whole crew over there. Uh, so happy to be a part of it, and uh, you know they, uh, you know, there's a reason that you know we're one of the top Patriots podcasts out there. It's uh, accustomed to their work too, and obviously, uh, big fan of this show too, Mike. When you reached out to have me on, I I actually told you that I was subscribed and listened uh, on a daily basis, so.
0: We need all of the subscribers we can get, Ryan. Absolutely, my, my right? One be, subscriber at a time. Yes, one subscriber one, at a time. That is correct. David Andrews um, was hospitalized this week with blood clots, the Patriots' starting center from uh, the last several years. He's a five-year pro. Um, they are very concerned about his condition. He was released from the hospital on Monday night. That's the good news. The bad news is, his 2019 season is totally up in the air and he very easily, um, could miss the entire season. So if the Patriots have to go with plan B, it looks like, uh, that would be Ted Karras to start. What do you think of the news?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's so unfortunate, man, because, uh, David Andrews, you know, like Shaq Mason said today is the quarterback of that line. You know, not only has he played pretty much every game that he's, uh, you know, been on the team, um, and played well. He's, you know, the one of the best centers in the game. Tom Brady, trusts him. He shut down Aaron Donald and that great, you know, uh, front seven of, of the Rams in the Super Bowl. Um, so they're going to miss him a lot. Um, but, you know, Ted Karras is a guy who's got a big opportunity ahead of him. You know, his, his contract's up at the end of the year, kind of like a Trent around situation, if you want to relate it that way, where he can come here. You know, in a, in a tough situation with a big task at hand, prove he can do it and then go cash in in March. The interesting thing here, though, is Ted Karras uh, only exceeded 60 plus snaps twice last season. Uh, he played 71 snaps in week nine and in, in 66 in week 10. I think that was when Marcus Cannon might have been out. I'm not sure. And then after that, he only appeared in four other games. With one snap in Week Seven, twenty-nine in Week Eight, four in Week Seventeen, and only three in the divisional round. So very limited experience from Karis. But if you listen to Skarnakia and and the rest of the offensive linemen speak about him, and, and especially him, he's ready for the challenge. If it, you know, if if he needs to be here for you know, whether it's six games or the whole season.
0: Well, that's just it. I mean, you mentioned Dante Skarnakia, and I think that's going to be the key, right? If there's any um, coach in the NFL that Bill Belichick trusts more to get his uh, team ready, uh, his offensive line ready when something like this happens. It's got to be Dante.
1: Absolutely. And, and, you know, that that was around the, you know, everyone was so nervous about the left tackle position again this year. Obviously, when they lost Nate Solder last year, everyone was worried about Trent Brown. He came in and got paid. You know, the Patriots have two left tackles that were the highest paid linemen in free agency in back-to-back years. You know, if you're a lineman here, and, and if you doubt this team, the offensive line, I don't know why, because Skarneckia just does such a good job with these guys, and honestly, it's just the next man rotation. They One gets paid, the next one comes in, and it's just like a rotation. It's insane.
0: Uh, look, James Ferrance actually had the most snaps, uh, at center, backing up, um, David Andrews and Ted Karras in preseason game number three, the 10-3 win over uh, the Carolina Panthers, um, and there are those who, you know, also, you know, say don't sleep on Tyler Gauthier, um, who was a, you know, a, a UDA uh, this past uh, spring, right after the draft. What do you think of those two?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting. I know they've gotten, a, you know, a, a lot of the looks, especially Ferenc, but, um you know, if that's, that's the opportunity that comes with it, you know, great. We'll have to roll with it. But I think like, like we talked about a, a few minutes ago, I have full trust in Karras. I think, you know, you might see some mishaps from the O line, maybe some extra holds, some extra false starts here and there. But I think as a whole, you got to trust Scarnecchia with what he's been able to do, you know, honestly, this whole career here in New England and, and doing such a great job protecting Tom Brady throughout the course of his career. Um, uh, you got to have full trust in, in him and whoever he plugs in there.
0: Well, let's not uh forget that one of the key uh responsibilities of David Andrews or any center is calling out the protection correct exactly yeah, and that is something that you know we've we've got to see from Ted Karras. will he be able to pick up the line calls and the and the protections uh just as quickly as David Andrews was able to
1: yeah that's 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 a big question, and that was kind of what I was uh missing on when I was describing how much Andrews meant to the team but you know that that is a big piece you know uh Andrews was like i said money you know really down the stretch last year especially in the playoffs they shut down some great pass rushes on the way to their to their uh you know Super Bowl championship with you know the the Chargers having Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa and all those guys up front and the Chiefs you know they they got to Brady pretty well in that game and then obviously the Rams one of the most talented front sevens we had seen in a Super Bowl probably since uh Seattle
0: yeah, I have no uh, argument with that point whatsoever. Uh Ryan, I want to ask you what you th- you've thought of uh, Isaiah Wynn as the starting left tackle uh in place of Trent Brown uh who left for the big money.
1: Yeah, um so I was actually I, I got a chance to be at the game in Nashville. Uh so I got a chance to see him and uh that was his first live action obviously since the Achilles last preseason. And he looked good, um, you know, was solid. I, I don't think it was talked about that much because, you know, obviously Jared said him had a great game. Um, and then this this week he was good. I thought he uh, shined well. I know he missed a block on a, a little bubble screen to Dorset early on in the game, um, but other than that, I mean, he's been solid. I, I know, like Evan said, uh, obviously of S He asked my question about you know being undersized and all this, and he kind of said to him, "I play big." And I think that's what we've seen of him so far. He, he's not afraid of these big pass rushes. He's very great hand placement-wise. And you got to trust, like I said earlier, keep keep saying it, but trust Skarnecchia to, to put him in a position where he'll be able to succeed.
0: Well, that's the thing about Scarnecchia and a left tackle like Isaiah Wynn, who uh, isn't nearly as tall as Trent Brown, but the coaching of the hands. Dante Scarnecchia has always been fundamental about moving the feet and keeping the feet square and a good base position on your protection, and making sure that you are not... Uh, he It was an interesting point he made, Skarnecchia did on Monday, about not being passive. When people think pass protector, and certainly when you're protecting Tom Brady, you're thinking pass protection, right? If you're a left tackle. You don't let the uh, pass rusher get into your space. You punch him. And Skarnecchia's point was that guys like Isaiah Wynn... Um, and younger players in the league who learn that at a younger age, that it's not a passive position. It's a proactive position when you pass protect. That is the key to success. And I think Isaiah Wynn has done a really good job, uh, in the two preseason games that we've seen him, uh, play in.
1: Absolutely. And like I said, uh, you know, that might have been a question, uh, going into the year. One of the biggest questions of the O line, obviously with the David Andrews news that we just touched upon that's kind of going to be the center of attention this year how well Karis can uh you know adjust to that um you know being able to do all the things that David Andrews did that we might lose Isaiah Wynn in the in the weeds a little bit but um you know I don't think it's a that big of a story coming into the year um you know the, a lot of people like I said earlier were, were you know stressed out and, and worried about it but he's been, he's been great Mike I, I think uh you touched upon it, some great points uh about scar and with the being you know more proactive and, and Isaiah Wynn does that man
0: all right, let's get to the final preseason game. That is Thursday night at Gillette Stadium, the New York Giants, the annual preseason finale between these two teams. And some roster spots uh, on the line. And whether or not you think Brian Hoyer has got a roster spot uh, behind uh, Tom Brady and Jarrett Stidham. Because I think Jared Stidham playing as much as he did and the so-called dress rehearsal, uh, preseason game number three is an indication that he is the number two quarterback. You agree? And do you think Brian Hoyer could get cut?
1: Uh, see, it's such a tough question. And I've actually been listening to some podcasts ab- about that because it seems like every Patriot uh, podcast out there has been talking about it. Um, and, and it's funny because I, originally I did have Hoyer on the team. Um, it, it, but, you know, with the talks around it and now obviously with luck going on, uh, luck retiring, you know, there might be some people out there trading for an experienced backup with maybe a young starter. Um, so if I think if the Patriots can find a trade piece for Hoyer, I, I think they listen to it and they might be able to do it. So if you were to ask me now, I would say no. moral of the story right there, I, I would say no. I don't think he has a roster spy. I really don't.
0: So yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that. Um, the Patriots trending ha- in the last several years is they're going to keep two quarterbacks come hell or high water that's just the way bill Belichick has always played it uh and it, he's played it you know brilliantly because Tom Brady has stayed upright and not missed a single uh snap over you know or a single game uh, over the last several years of dating back to obviously 2000 um. And what was it, 15, uh, 2016, the first four games of that season due to the suspension, and before that was obviously 2008, so... Belichick has been very lucky with Tom Brady and I think he's gonna, you know, roll the dice until it proves, comes up snake eyes and I think he's gonna go with uh, Jarrett Stidham as the number two and I think they try to maybe work out a trade if they can but at this point I don't, th- I think teams that are looking for a back, a veteran backup quarterback, uh, will, uh, choose the waiver wire, um, process instead of like giving away a yeah. draft pick, don't you?
1: Uh. Uh, yeah, obviously, uh, you know, that was, you know, kind of a best-case scenario. Uh The only way I could see it, and, and you know, it, it's so hard for Hoyer, I think, because this team is so talented. I mean, you saw Mike Pennell on PFF was the second-best uh lineman, I think, or, or or nose tackle in the AFC East last year. He was awesome just behind Lawrence Guy. He didn't even make the team. I know Danny Shelton had a great camp, uh, but Mike Pennell is probably going to make a lot of 53-man rosters around the league and it just goes to show how deep this team is, and how you know limited the spots are. Where if I think if they can you know get rid of Hoyer, it might be able to allow them to carry another guy at a certain position that they they don't want to lose.
0: Well, you mentioned Mike Pennell. There's also another veteran that's already gone, and that's obviously veteran punter Ryan Allen, who yeah. did a sensational job at Su- in Super Bowl 53. One of the big reasons Patriots were able to control field position throughout that game and beat the Rams 13 to three. But he couldn't even make this team because the rookie Jake Bailey out of Stanford um, made the team. So um, I will get your impression on whether or not you think um, another veteran, uh, especially on defense, might uh, his job might be in danger.
1: Uh see, I don't, I don't think so. I, I think for you know, off the top of my head, as far as you know the, you know the the defensive tackles go and linebackers and edge guys, I think you're going to see, you know, Landon Roberts, um, you know, Dante Hightower, Kyle Van Noy, Jamie Collins, Adam Butler, Michael Bennett, you know, those guys. Byron Coward, I think, was one guy that stood out um, to me, and and, and a lot of people have been high on him this preseason. He's so good. Uh, But I I don't know. Not off the top of my head, I can't think of really any veteran linemen or or guys there that, that might have their job in jeopardy.
0: I don't either and you know and I think that's another reason why uh Brian Hoyer's uh position on the Patriots is very tenuous. Um, the other position I want to get to as we wrap up here um, is the cornerback position and whether or not you know given the news with Patrick Chung um, he pled not guilty to cocaine possession charges uh, this week, but still, his future is certainly up in the air. We got to talk about somebody like Deron Harmon and Terrence Brooks. Those two players are now definitely, I think, on the roster.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think uh, Terrence Brooks was, you know, primarily a special teamer last year with the Jets, and many people you know thought with that signing the over the offseason he was going to kind of be that here but he really you know with Chung missing a lot of time in camp with an injury and obviously with the with you know some legal stuff going on it gave Brooks a, a chance to kind of shine as a safety and, and get some reps with the one and he's played great i think he's going to be able to uh rotate in that you know in that deep deep safety group with you know McCourty, Harmon, Chung and and now Brooks
0: I want to ask you one more question um these two uh, players are interesting to me for different reasons. Christian Sam, linebacker, six round pick in two thousand and eighteen, and third rounder Derek Rivers from uh twenty seventeen. Those are two players to me who were square on the bubble um come this Saturday.
1: Yeah, I think you know Rivers had a great camp and and played really well in Detroit and had a decent start in, in Tennessee and then went down again. Uh I don't believe you know with no injury reports being released yet we know exactly what's going on with him. I know Shalique Calhoun who also got some uh first team reps uh is is still out too who got hurt in that um you know Tennessee game. But Rivers is an interesting one obviously because he missed his first year with the ACL that he got in camp was pretty high. Uh people were really high on him out of the draft. Um and then last year just couldn't find a way to stay active and, and get on that uh, get on the you know get on the field uh to to play, and then this year have a great camp and then get hurt again, I think if it's anything major, uh, you know, I, I don't think they'll be able to carry him, and I, I don't think they're going to.
0: Yeah, that, and that's why I ask about him, because he he's tons of potential, but when you can't, you know, he can't make the club from the tub. It's that old expression uh, in pro sports, and, you know, it's bad luck for Derek Rivers. Um, certainly, you know, I don't, uh, hold I think up. he's a
1: great talent. I, think I he's, do too. Know, and I think yeah. his
0: effort for the most part has been there. And like you said, early in the, well, throughout training camp and early in the preseason, we've seen that he just can't stay healthy.
1: Yeah. It's, it's really unfortunate. Hopefully it's not, it's nothing major. I know he hasn't done anything, even practice since the Tennessee game, which makes me think it's a lot, you know, it, it's on the worst side of, uh, injuries. You know, but it'll be interesting, obviously, if it's nothing too, too bad and maybe they throw him on IR, um, he'll be
0: able to make the club, but who knows? Anything else you've got um, your eye on this Thursday night?
1: No, I, I think uh, I think we've seen it from the starters, right? I mean, you know, they don't typically play in the fourth game. Um, I'm interesting to see, you know, with Berrios, everyone thought he was inactive. It seems like he was battling an injury. I'm interesting to see that punter battle who goes back there, if it's still more of Olszewski. Or is it Berrios? Um, you know, people, a lot of people had, oh, Berrios or Demarius Thomas or Berrios being the bubble guy on the team going into that Carolina game. And then he was inactive and Gunnar Olszewski was returning punts and did a great job. So everyone kind of flipped their, you know, projections thinking, you know, he might make the team as that extra receiver for a special teamer. So I think that's one area where uh, I'll be kind of looking towards because I don't think there's much, uh, other than that.
0: Well, I appreciate it, Ryan. I want to thank everybody for downloading today's podcast and thank our terrific guest, Ryan Spagnoli of SBNation and PatsPulpit.com. Be sure to download his podcast, Patriot Nation Podcast, every Friday morning. Uh, it is a must-listen to. It's one of the top Patriots pods out there. And uh, you were a terrific guest, Ryan. I want to thank you again.
1: Thank you, Mike. It's, uh, it's been a pleasure. And like I said earlier, uh, thank you so much for having me on. And when you reached out, I was uh, happy to come on. We we definitely got to do this again.
0: You can count on that, Ryan. I want to also thank our great sponsor, BetOnline.ag. For producer Mike Alonji and the founder of the network, Nick Jelso. this is Mike Petralia, and this has been the Patriots Beat Podcast powered by CLNS Media.